You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Friday, January the 8th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan, your host for the show. Lucas Smith, hope your Friday is treating you well, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening today and every day you listen. That's kind of weird, only doing three shows a week. I wish I could talk to you guys more, but with it being in the offseason, the Locked On Podcast Network changes up a little bit. But don't worry, we'll be getting back to five shows a week uh, sooner more, sooner than we know it, sooner than we realize it. But a lot has happened um, since I talked to you guys last, both nationally and in the baseball scheme of things. Um, pretty much a couple hours after I tweeted about and released the first part of my interview with Sean, um, the horrendous um, riots and uh, protests and awful things happened at the Capitol. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I, I was going to release today anyways um, instead of yesterday. So I'm glad I gave it a day anyways just to, you know, let let, let, um, let that pass a little bit. I, I'm sure there are still many effects and I'm sure a lot of people are still shaken up by the events that happened on Wednesday. So um, thoughts and prayers to anybody affected by that. And um, I, I just hope we can all move on and... Um, yeah, just hopefully try and take steps forward and uh, move past what happened on Wednesday. Um, but also we have some some big baseball news in the Francisco Lindor arena. He was officially traded to the New York Mets, and I didn't see a whole lot of outrage from St. Louis fans, uh, more so just of the, yeah, we knew that wasn't going to happen. But to the fans that were kind of outraged, I'll say this, that trade was never going to happen. Uh, I'm very sorry to say, but the Cardinals were going to have to give up too much, and after what happened with Randy Rosarena, they might have been a little gun-shy to give up any of their prospects to get Lindor. I think they're happy with DeYoung. I'm not saying DeYoung's better than Lindor. I just, that that trade was never going to happen, so I just, I, I wasn't too upset with that. I'm happy that New York got him. I'm happy that Lindor's in a bigger market than Cleveland. I think that's good for baseball, but that trade was never going to happen. But uh, on the show today, I've got part two of my interview with Sean. We talk a little bit more in depth about what the NL Central is going to look like. Uh, if you missed Wednesday's episode, go back and listen to that at your leisure. We talked a little bit more about the Cubs um, dynasty or, you know, lack thereof after they thought it was going to be a dynasty. And um, also talked about um, the U Darvish trade as well. But today we focus a little bit more on the NL Central and John Shambi being hired as their new play-by-play commentator. Uh, also, I sent out a tweet. If you guys want to give give it more likes, it was tweeted at a, an opportune time. But I'm hoping to get D- uh, Dan McLaughlin of Fox Sports Midwest on the show. I uh, listen to his podcast as well, Sco- Scoops with Daniel Mack. So hope I get him on the show. So if you go back and like that tweet or tweet him to, jo- to join the show, um, I tweeted that on my at LJ Fastball Twitter account. But um, next show will be out on Monday. And, and so until then, yeah. Excuse me. Hope you guys have a good weekend and enjoy the conversation from Sean and I of Locked On Cubs. Yeah, I think it's it's just bizarre to look at you know the, the, like you said the Cubs and the Astros and look at where both those teams are at in 2020. The Astros are still trying to shake off a cheating scandal, and the Cubs are one offseason or one playoff being removed from being swept out of the playoffs by the Miami Marlins. I mean, it, I don't think anybody could have guessed this back in 2016, but but here we are. Uh, when, when we look at the, the division that both of, of our teams play in, the NL Central, it's getting weaker, it seems like, by the minute. We, you know, we, we talked about the Cubs shipping off their uh, uh, their, their ace and you Darvish. The Reds have shipped off Rossi Iglesias. I think they made another move. 
What do you make of the NL Central right now? Because I think it's one of the weaker divisions in baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be something like the NFC East is in, uh, in football <laughs> this year for the NFL. Um, I don't think we'll have losing records getting into the postseason. I don't think that'll happen, but um, it'll probably translate to like a weirdly competitive division that isn't trying to be competitive. I, I think a lot of these teams will probably even out. I, I could see the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Brewers, and and even the Reds, like all finishing somewhere between like 81 and 87 wins. It's going to be weird. And it, it's so weird too, because like we knew this was going to happen before even the offseason started. Like a lot of these teams were like the Brewers didn't spend money at all last year. Outright said they probably won't spend this year. The Cardinals have said something along those lines too. They're not planning on making any big investments. The Pirates are blowing their team up and we knew that was going to happen. And the Reds seem to of like kind of they picked the wrong time to go all in which is such a bummer because so many teams just don't do what they did and they did it and it just happened to be the one time you probably really didn't want to go all in on a season so like it 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 just translates to a lot of teams who are trying to figure out who they are a lot of teams that are waiting for maybe talent to arrive other teams waiting for talent to figure it out and then there's the cubs who, who who don't know if they're keeping talent or if they would need to you know cut more salary so it's hard to figure out, but I think it's going to translate to a lot of teams being in play in this division. So I, I think it could be some fun baseball in terms of like competitiveness, but like how good is that baseball going to be? Like, yeah, this is going to easily be the worst division in baseball, I think. Oh, yeah, because I mean, even you know, the, as I think about what division to compare it to, the, the NL West has three not good teams in Colorado, Arizona, and um, uh, San Francisco, but then you yeah. had San Diego and Los Angeles carrying that division. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that was really the one division to me that seemed somewhat comparable. Maybe the AL West, and I'm not going to go through all the divisions right now, but I mean, there's there's a good chance, Sean, in my opinion, if, if the teams beat up on each other enough, it could be like an 83, 85 win division champion. You know? Yeah. Once you get into the postseason, anything can happen because we saw this, you know. I was too young to remember, but in 2006, the Cardinals mm-hmm. made the postseason with 83 wins, go on to beat the Mets in the National League Championship Series and um, and beat the Tigers in the World Series. So things weird things can happen. I'm not saying, you know, I think all all four of these teams that are in this division that have a chance, sorry, Pittsburgh, I think that any of them can catch fire. I think Cardinals and Cubs might be a little bit more attuned to it because they have more postseason experience in the other two teams in recent years. They can catch fire in October and do some damage. Yeah. Instead, they can also play to their expectation level and get swept out in the first round. So it, it, it's one of those things that everybody is getting mad right now on the Cardinals side for the front office for not spending money, for letting go of Colton Wong, and then now all of a sudden they're reinterested in him. For <laughs> and it, we're, Everybody's afraid that they're going to give Yadier Molina $10 million a year, which I love Yadier Molina. He's not worth $10 million a year. I mean – no. I'm honest, I don't think he's a starting catcher unless he's a St. Louis Cardinal, which is because he's earned that. But, and you know, but at the same time, I'm, I'm trying to say it's like the additions that the Cardinals need to make don't need to be that large in terms of 2021 National League Central Division. And that plays right. into their favor because you're right, Sean, they're not willing, they're not looking at spending a whole lot of money this offseason because they've still got Nat Carpenter's awful contract on the books. They've still got Dexter Fowler for one more year. They've still got Carlos Martinez one more year at, at this point in time. They've got <laughs> AK Kim for, for one more year. So they've got a ton of money coming off the books after next year. So there's a way to, to, to do this if you're the Cardinals right now to make minimal improvements in terms of your checkbook, but solid improvements in terms of play on the field 
and still walk out of this division a winner. More coming up from Sean and I in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you how you can win some free money with the NFL playoffs coming up, and that is by going to betonline.ag. It's the one place that has you covered for your bets and the one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That means if you throw in $100 to your deposit, put in that promo code, you'll get an extra $50 from Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And visit our good friends and exclusive partner at BetOnline underscore AG on social media to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Also want to tell you about the new and improved Built Bar. You all know about their 18 incredible flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. But some of their new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. My favorite is the cookies and cream, as you all know. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're covered 100% in chocolate. But just because they're covered in chocolate doesn't mean you can't be healthy, as we're all trying to be healthy in the new year. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. For instance, the cookies and cream has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and that great Built Bar taste. Head over to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And 2020 is mercifully over. It's time to take a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Here's more from Sean and I. Right. And I, I thought the Cubs could do the same thing. And if, if not, they were the best team in this division positioned to do that because at the very least they had an ace, you know, they had a U Darvish and that, that alone, I think if the Cubs were going to compete and win the division, you know, point A is, is U Darvish, you know, um, <laughs> like he's, he's your biggest asset. So him, them trading them, I, I think hurts their chances obviously immensely, but then, you know, teams keep saying, you know, like, you know, Judd Hoyer keeps saying he thinks there's a good chance they could be highly competitive in this division. And I think that has more to say about who and what's going on in the division and less, <laughs> less about what the Cubs are spending money on. I, I think it's not going to take very much to be competitive. And the Cubs already, if they can't trade talent, probably have one of the most, if not the most talented roster still in that division, just because, I mean, at the end of the day, like the Cubs stand pat now. Yeah, they don't have you Darvish, but they've got the two-time reigning NL all-star catcher and Javier, uh, Wilson Contreras behind the plate, Javier Baez, Chris Bryan, and Anthony Rizzo in their infield. And Ian Happ came off a really strong 2020 season. Like, that's still a pretty good team and probably still wins you 85 games if everything goes according to plan. So, like, it's not going to take much. It, it really would. Like, I mean, if the Cardinals were to sign, like, a Michael Brantley, they might be the favorites in this division because they've got good pitching and young starters. Like, that's all it takes. And you don't think it, it'd be Michael Brantley's not going to cost you a lot of money, especially in a COVID year where guys aren't, you know, leagues, leagues already, you know, prep players to expect less. And we're seeing no spending happening right now. But, you know, 
it's not going to take much to sign a Michael Brantley. And that could, you know, push the Cardinals over the edge a little bit just to, you know, maybe that's from 81 to 86. Who knows? Like, it, probably not. I don't think Michael Brantley's going to be worth five war, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like, just a, a couple a couple of those small moves like that allow teams to still remain fiscally responsible, but also still remain competitive. And, you know, this was the time to do that. And it feels like a lot of other teams are taking it as like, oh, well, you know, people are already expecting us to take a step back. Maybe we'll just cut salary and they won't get mad. And, you know, now people are pissed because there's no you Darvish on the Cubs. So it's hard to, it's hard to gauge all this, but yeah, I agree with you. It wouldn't take much for any team to really make a big ju- uh, jump in this division. Cause there's not too many teams looking to make any adjustments at the moment. No, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you, you're, you're, you're spot on. And one player can only make a difference in a division like this. I mean, you mentioned the Reds going all in on the wrong year last year. Well, I think the Reds, Cubs and Cardinals, I think the Brewers are on the, on the, on the edge, but I think especially the, the Reds, Cubs and Cardinals could pick the right year to not spend practically any money and still come out with another division crown that you could taunt for the next five years. Hey, you won the division that year. Well, whatever. But, you know, mm-hmm. this 2021 division crown, it, it's still a division crown. It's still a postseason ticket. It, it, I mean, I'm not trying to diminish it, but at the end of the day, this this division is not what it once was. I mean, you look back to as recently, to my memory, 2015, you had three three teams get 97 plus wins. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh. I think the Cubs had the lowest of 97. Pittsburgh had 98, and the Cardinals had 100. Um, and you know, that, that's just part of the ebb and, ebb and flow. I'm not trying to say anything bad about how the divisions ran or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it is just so bizarre to think about that you know, a low 80s win team could go to October. I mean, it's just absolutely bizarre. But what mind boggles me is that I watch a lot of MLB Network, you know, when you see at the bottom of their ticker, all the free agents for every team, there are still a ton of names out there. And this is more of a whole baseball problem of, and you've talked about a little bit in your answers here, but baseball just isn't spending any money. And it, we're, we're mid, you know, early January, and I think the top four free agents haven't been signed. And I think that's a huge problem. Yeah, no, it's it's once again baseball not spending money, and we we knew this was coming, and uh, they 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 the baseball had just kind of in the, historically the last couple off seasons had really just not spent any money, and then when we did see these contracts, they came. I mean, like, gosh, Bryce Harper's signing was announced at like I think it was at spring training in Philadelphia. Like he talked to the fans before the game, like at, at the presser, like yeah. that. Like what in the world? Like come on. Um, so like. Uh, Baseball, just again, trying not to spend money and ownership groups across just the entire league, not wanting to spend money. And, you know, realistically, there are there are teams that are getting hurt by by the financial. There's 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 clearly a financial impact here. The COVID-19, the pandemic is hurting teams and it's it it is costing teams money to operate a baseball team or operate a baseball field, for that matter, without fans there and whatnot. So there, there is real loss here. And that's not to try and diminish that. But it's frustrating that we're seeing cuts happen everywhere. But where, you know, the money really is. And that's that's really the ownership groups. They could spend a little bit of money and and not, you know, the Cubs fired or not fired, but let go of over 100 employees in October. They were notified in July that like, Hey, you're, you know, we appreciate all your help and whatnot, but your, your job no longer exists after October 1st. And these, some of these guys are Cubs life, Cub lifers, like grew up in the scouting department, came up to the front office, like the Falericans just didn't want to spend the money. So they just fired them. And some of those losses were expected, but it also could have been offset by money that could have come from ownership groups. They just don't want to spend the money right now. And they were looking for reasons to not spend it. So here they are now with uh, a clear opportunity to just kind of hide under the skies that, 
you know, COVID's costing them money. The, the, the good thing is, at least, though, the players that have signed or the deals that we have seen come out, there haven't been a ton, but a few of them have trickled out, seem to be paying. Like, guys are getting a little bit more money than I was expecting them to. It's still somewhat of a discount in certain aspects, but the Cubs signed Adam Morgan to a minor league deal, and I thought that was probably about what he would have gotten, at, you know, post-COVID, pre-COVID, however you want to look at this, if there wasn't a pandemic going on. So I, I, I think there's still an opportunity for teams to spend money. And it, it does sound like like the Mets are going to spend, the Yankees are definitely going to spend, like teams are going to go out there and start spending money. They just don't want to set the market. And that's really, I think, what's holding up a lot of things. So money's going to get start spent. DJ LeMahieu, the Yankees are going to sign that guy. Like we've known he's going to get signed by the Yankees for like a month plus now. That's going to happen. The Mets are definitely going to spend money. Otherwise, Steve Cohn's going to look really dumb. And I, I think he cares too much about that to to not do that. So they're going to they're going to spend money. Like teams are like the market's going to start going. We're going to start seeing teams actually get aggressive, and so that that's when things will pick up. But. It'll be interesting to see who are those teams because right now it feels like every team is trying to say, well, yeah, we don't plan on spending money. We don't really plan on spending money. Well, okay, well, someone's going to have to spend some money. There's too many people on the market and too many positions that need to be filled. So it's going to happen. It's just going to be interesting to see who are those teams. I think an interesting aspect of this too that's extra frustrating for you know the Cubs and, and, and Cardinals is that they're one of the, the handful of teams that know that they're going to rebound from this. The card, I don't know what the Cubs draw because of the size of the field, but the Cardinals are still going to draw 3 million fans in the next couple of years. And they're going to be fine. They're going to make their money whenever the gates open back up, both the Cubs and the Cardinals. So, you know, I, I, like you said, I'm not trying to downplay any financial burden that the, the teams have. But when, when, when you hear, for me, anyways, I know that there are certain circumstances that, you know, nullify the statement. But when, you, when I hear billionaires complaining about a loss of money, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit, you know. Right. Um, it, 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 it's frustrating there, but and I, I do get that baseball is an expensive business, but it's just frustrating to, to, to think that the Cardinals and Cubs who are probably, you know, at the end of the day are, are going to be fine because of their, their market and because of the fan bases that they have still kind of hide, like you said, underneath this COVID umbrella, if you will. Um, it, it's just really extremely frustrating. And, and this division is, it, it is hurting right now. And I, I just worry about what 2021 is going to look like and, you know, how, how the national media is going to look at this and say, oh, that division doesn't matter, so it's, it's super weak. And it, it, it is weak. But I, I, I try to remain that the glass half full kind of guy, you know, and I talked a little mm-hmm. bit about how it's still a division crown. It's still a postseason berth. When October hits, anything can happen. Both the Cubs and Cardinals can attest to that on both sides of the spectrum. So I, I think that any team in this, you know, three of the five teams have a legit shot at making some noise in October. Do you, do you think it, it is those three, four, maybe just the Cubs and Cardinals? Obviously a lot of moves can happen here, especially with the Cubs that we talked about uh, a little bit earlier, but w- where do you see um, the, the biggest threats uh, coming from the NL Central? I, yeah, I think it's probably Cardinals and Cubs. I think they're the two the two teams that it probably stand out just because of talent and uh, the the Reds. I think their biggest asset was was the rotation and and not having Trevor Bauer hurts um, even with the depth they showed last year. I, I'm not sure I'm completely sold on Tyler Malley being a real rotation piece and right. Sonny Gray has looked awesome, but I know the Reds Reds have tried to trade him and stuff, so they could look a lot different here in a minute too. But um, offensively, the Reds just are 
a, a lot of boomer busts. There isn't a ton of guys in that lineup that really hit for average. I know Jeff Carr doesn't want to hear that, but um, <laughs> that's, that's really kind of their issue. He's hoping that Nick Senzel can break out and be that guy. And if that's the case, maybe that helps. And, you know, maybe that's what happens this year. We see maybe some younger guys break out. The Cardinals have a few pieces that are getting closer. Maybe those guys take a step up and that's what makes the difference this year. And that, that'll be, those will be the things that we'll be looking forward to and talking about in this division. Cause like, that'll be the cool parts of this year. Won't be necessarily like, Oh, awesome. You know, like Paul Goldschmidt's going to hit 50 home runs type of thing. You know, maybe he does. Uh, that'd be awesome if he did. Um, but like, it'll, it'll be like, Oh, cool. Dylan Carson's looking like an everyday player. Like, Oh, great. You know, like you, you know, whoever it is on, on the reds can lean on him, you know, shortstop, whatever it may be. So like um, those type of improvements, I think are what you're looking at, but on, on paper immediately it's the Cubs and the Cardinals probably just because they've got the most proven players. The Brewers could be a surprise. They always seem to get the most out of their, their players, even in seasons where you don't expect them to. And, you know, they just got a truly just awful season from Christian Yelich that, that won't ever happen again. He's going to look like an MVP. So that might be a difference in this division. So it, it's hard for me to count out any of those four teams the only one i can say for sure that's not in this picture is the pirates um and that's because they're you know they're obviously they're, they're trying to re- reinvent themselves a little bit here but the two teams for me i think it's the cubs and the cardinals and then you kind of have to see what the brewers and reds do but um talent wise it should be those two teams yeah i agree i think w- w- with the cardinals you, you look at okay what's carlson going to do what's a tommy Edmund going to do in a more full-time role mm-hmm. uh, and dexter fowler stay at least average for another year can Tyler O'Neill stop striking out? Can Harrison Bader stop striking out? Um, and and w- with the Cubs, obviously it's hard to predict this right now in, in early right. January, and I say that as the one who asked the question. But, shoot, Sean, I think there's a, there's a decent chance that three of the four guys we've talked about on the Cubs are moved in Contreras, Baez, and Bryant. And mm-hmm. Is that likely? Probably not. But there's, there's probably a chance that at least three of those guys are gone by the end of the season when you look at the trade deadline. So, yeah. And it, it, you know, even one of those strains drastically changes the outlook of the, of the division, but it, it'll be a fun year. There, there's always going to be fun, exciting things in baseball. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see when the season gets started. Um, we're going to wrap up here a little bit, but I, I do think that that's mm-hmm. a note to, to kind of keep in the back of our heads as we start to, to near February and March. But one note that I do want to end on, I feel like we always end on announcing uh, conversation. <laughs> uh, Len Casper, for those who don't know, left um, the Cubs TV booth for the White Sox radio booth. It was announced on Monday that um, ES former, I guess now ESPN commentator, uh, I think it's John Shambi, I think is his name, um, mm-hmm. it is the replacement. I always like Shambi. I love listening to the games that he calls. I think he's a fun personality. I like him on any sport, but baseball especially. What are you, what are you seeing in the uh, immediate aftermath of the, of the hiring? And from Cubs fans, from what I've seen, it's all, it's all been positive. And, and also, what are your thoughts? Yeah, overall, I felt like the, the news is pretty, pretty positive. He's a, he's a guy, I think, when you're talking about, like, the Cubs have said they wanted to get more of, like, a, a national feel with their broadcast booth, booth a little bit. The two names I thought of were Shiambi and, and Matt Veskersian. Those were the two names that popped in my head probably right away. Um, so I wasn't surprised when they signed and when they decided it was him. I, I, I did see there was a cool little quote, like clip they pulled from um, ESPN Baseball Tonight broadcast with David Ross in the booth with Chipper Jones. I saw on Twitter before I actually jumped yeah. on with you. And I, I thought that was cool. He seems like a fun guy. I actually listened to Shambi a little bit more this year when they were at ESPN was doing some of the KBO broadcasts when, when we didn't yeah. have baseball. So I listened to him call some games at like three or four in the morning. And that was, that was pretty cool. He's a funny guy. And he kept that broadcast. I mean, he was literally just like, (laughs) he was like simulcasting from like his library in his house, like 
games in Korea. So like, it was like a very disjointed broadcast and he kept it fun and interesting. So it was cool. I like him. I, I, I think it'll be an interesting pick. I, I, I know he, um, he does have like, he, he does kind of fit somewhat of that like mold of that, like Len Casper who just has that rhythm and understands like what, like some of the questions are you need to ask to add a little bit of texture to a broadcast and every now and then, or like just kind of like the rhythm of a season. He'll be a fun guy. He's going to fit well in that booth. I'm i uh, I'm just glad it's not Chris Meyer taking more games. Not that I don't, I've never really heard him. I just, uh, <laughs> I you flip out Len Casper for Chris Meyer, just like a Fox Sports plug-in guy. That's a bummer. I don't know. I don't want to listen. I don't want it, Cubs games to sound like I'm listening to like the, the 345 NFL game on Sunday. Like that would suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind Chris Myers, but I I agree. I've always you know I've always I grew up. I think you you probably did too. You know, listen to him on WGN and you know the national feel. I, I get that desire a little bit, but at the end of the day, if something isn't broke, don't fix it. You know, yeah. and obviously I don't know the whole backstory to the WGN thing and why they left and all that stuff. But I, I think that Xiaomi kind of fits the mold, um, uh, c- c- kind of split the balance a little bit. He, he's a national right. guy again, but I think he's going to fit in well with the Chicago fan base and kind of be able to be more uh, biased towards Chicago. And he's got the David Ross connection, like you talked about too. So that's always a fun little thing. So Sean, always appreciate you coming on. Uh, we always have a good time. Hopefully one of these days, We'll have something baseball related to talk about that is positive for one of our <laughs> And um, hopefully we'll be able to get a big crossover uh, with the other NL Central hosts as well. But um, always a great time talking to you, Sean. Yeah, same to you, Lucas. I appreciate it. All right, that's it for Locked on Cardinals today. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic evening.